everybody. Welcome to the Funky Pharmacist Podcast. This is Sarah. I have a special guest with me today. I have Dr. Stephanie O'Neill here. Um, Dr. O'Neill and her husband just moved here, actually um, kind of pre-COVID, right around COVID, um, and are practicing with our friends at Wolf Family Chiropractic. So welcome. Thank you for coming. Thank you so much for having me. So um, I'd love to hear a little bit about your backstory, your journey, and how you got into your profession. Sure. Um, well, all the way back to that. So I grew up in a family. My father was actually a chiropractor. And so my whole life growing up, you know, we were always about natural health and staying healthy as po- much as possible through chiropractic care and eating healthy and exercising and just, you know, basic rounded lifestyle. So uh, when I uh, had to think about what I wanted to do growing up, uh, everybody would ask me, are you going to be a chiropractor like your dad? And my gut instinct was, no, I'm not going to be a chiropractor like my dad. <laughs> and so I went to college and I studied to be a teacher. I changed my major multiple times. I thought I might be a midwife at one point. Um, my mom pointed out that I like to sleep way too much to serve as a midwife. So I think she was right on that. <laughs> um, but I always loved you know, women and children and pregnancy and that whole family thing. So... I finally realized I actually did want to be a chiropractor, just wanted to do it my own way. (laughs) So I ended up uh, studying chiropractic at Palmer College in Davenport, Iowa. And when I graduated, I had the opportunity to do a three-year residency in pediatric uh, chiropractic. So I actually stayed at the college there and taught and practiced in their uh, student health center. And so it gave me an opportunity for three years, I cared just for women and children in that pediatrics residency. So it's a specialty that I was able to develop in a way that most doctors haven't had a chance to do. And then I transitioned into the academic side. I actually started teaching at the college after I'd earned my diploma in pediatrics. And so my husband and I actually taught at Palmer College for uh, a little over 16, almost 17 years. Oh. Uh, and then uh, we had an opportunity to move to California to teach at a different college, so we jumped on that. And we were in California for about three years and decided that we missed the Midwest. And so we landed here in Michigan, uh, starting a new practice. We love the community here, and we're just really excited to be here. That is an amazing community. That's a, that's an amazing thing. I can appreciate that. i um, not wanting to do uh, follow in your dad's footsteps and then be, find out through your journey. Wait, maybe I do. Maybe I do. I just want to do it my way. So. And that's 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 the best part is you got to do it your way. Absolutely. Yeah. So your day to day there, um, you mainly see children at at the office. Yes, my practice is mainly women and children. I do have a few men in my practice, of course, that take care of dads too, but uh, my focus has always been moms and kids. Awesome. I guess for me, this is a whole new world to me. I mean, coming into the store, um, you know, it came from corporate pharmacy forever and um, small town, so it's opened my eyes a lot into alternative healthcare, and chiropractic is one of them that really, I mean, I'd been to the chiropractor, but to think about sending my kids, um, it's really something that intrigues me, and it's something that I would definitely do now, but um, what kind of things do you see children for? Well, there's a wide spectrum. You know, my goal as a chiropractor serving kids is to just support kids in in a healthy life, and they don't necessarily always have to have something that's wrong with them. Mm -hmm. But, of course, you know, traditionally parents, adults, they view chiropractic as 
something, you know, my neck hurts or my back hurts and therefore I go to a chiropractor. And with infants, you know, they're not going to tell you that their back hurts, but they might show signs that they're not thriving. And so a lot of the newborns that I take care of are maybe fussier than average or, you know, they might have colic or reflux, or perhaps they're not turning their heads fully, you know, a torticollis or something like that. Births are, um, they don't have to be stressful, but just the process of birth can put a lot of strain on your body. Moms know that and babies experience it too. And so um, there's a wide variety of things that I see newborns for. Um, and then once they're healed and thriving, you know, they're eating, they're sleeping, digesting as they should, um, then we can just support them as they meet their milestones. And that's um, when Alex was here, he, that's what he mentioned that, um, you know, they'd be having, maybe a uh, baby might be having issues with colic or like constipation or something like that. And then they come in and he said, one of the biggest rewards is when a baby fills the diaper right there in the <laughs> office, because you know that you probably did something right and it's feeling better and it's more aligned all the way around. Right. You know, it's funny as adults, we don't really want to talk about all those details. No. But when you're a parent, you know, they need to eat, sleep yeah. and diaper. Yeah, <laughs> that's so exactly right. If they're having trouble with any of that it it upsets your whole world you know so for sure um and like I guess I how would how do you support them through the years after the infant so what does that look like for everybody out there that might not know is that um like a a yearly appointment every so many months to keep them on track sure well you know when you look at that first year of life there's so much development that's happening that's the most rapid time for the nervous system and the brain to be developing and so you know, the, the first two months kind of fly by and then they're rolling and then they're learning to sit up and then they're learning to crawl and as soon as they know how to crawl, they want to walk. <laughs> and, and through all of that, you want to support their nervous system and their development so that they're meeting those milestones and thriving, right? And so, you know, once, if a baby does have a concern, you know, they may come in more frequently initially, then once that's resolved and they're holding their adjustments, I might see one baby once a month, uh, but maybe his brother comes in every three months. It kind of depends on the individual, individual. and mm-hmm. you know how well they adapt uh, to everything because some kids might need to be adjusted every six months and others need a little more support. So it yeah. really is individual. And I think um, a lot of, sometimes that's how we handle stress, um, emotional stress, physical stress, diet. You know, all of those things Absolutely. play a role. Yeah, so, yeah, so it's, it, that's the, the thing I like about it is it's everything that we kind of stand for here. Nothing's cookie cutter. It's each person and figuring out that patient and what they need and, and making a plan around them instead of planning right. the opposite way. Right, so it's always hard to answer that, especially if parents are new to the practice, because I can't predict how well their child's going to adapt. Yeah, and I just want to support what their needs are. So. Yeah, and that's the good thing is I think um, it's a a good thing because it's good people that are honest about that up front and tell people that um, tell our patients that there's just so much so much more receiving of it because we're honest and it builds that relationship and that trust. Absolutely. So. The other thing I think we were going to talk about a little bit and get into is. Um, Gosh, some people are sending their kids back to school. Mm-hmm. Some are virtual. But regardless of anything else that's going on, we're going to be facing flu season and that kind of thing coming up. Do you have any recommendations there that you are tried and true by? As far as just supporting your mm-hmm. immune system and all that, well, you know, one of the things uh, I'm thinking about as kids are going back to school, so many of my school-age patients 
you know, there's this underlying kind of worry or stress that um, we never had kids deal with before. And I was actually at the playground with my son a few days ago, and I overheard some third and fourth graders talking, and they had never met. These are just third and fourth graders, never met. They're just at the playground. Hey, what grade are you in? I'm in fourth grade, da-da-da, you know. And the one kid says, yeah, I'm going to be virtual. My, my parents, you know, are worried about me going back to school. And the other kid said, well, I want to see my friends, but I don't want to have to wear a mask. And then one kid said, yeah, if, if I have to wear a mask and social distance, I can't even hug my friends. And I'm listening in on this conversation, and I'm thinking, what 9- and 10-year-olds should be having to deal with this? Right? Yeah. You know, I mean, that was not anywhere in our realities going back to school. And so one of the things that I you know, have to think about as I'm work, you know, seeing my kid patients and working with them is understanding that they're dealing with stress that, it's hard for us to even maybe fathom for that age group. You know, it's not something they ever worried about before. And so through chiropractic, you know, supporting them so that their nervous systems can integrate that stress, but just also being mindful of what that means for getting them outside to play and exercise and what opportunities do they have to socialize. And I think stress impacts our immune system so much more than we recognize. That's true. And so I, I feel that's one thing that we... You have to be aware of no matter if you're staying home or if you're going back to school just this whole reality has impacted kids it is yeah um, I have a seven-year-old that's very much perfectionist and very tender-hearted and she I had a call from her teacher Monday night um, and she said how did Taylor do her first day and she said great she was happy when she got off the bus you know she was really happy she's like well she cried all day oh no and I was like what um, which it didn't really surprise me. She cried all day. Well, she couldn't sign on to her Chromebook, um, and that she's a perfectionist, so you know that shut her down. Yeah. Well, then she's at school, and I feel for the teachers too. I guess is my point behind this because all that teacher wanted to do was hug her, yeah, and hold her and support her, and she couldn't. She had to, you know, stand, you know, back and say it's going to be all right. Mm-hmm. We're going to get through this. And I think um, so many people are out there so quick to judge the school systems and the teachers. And I'm here to tell you, I would not want to be making the decisions they are. And I'm supportive and I'm glad that they're there for the kids. Yeah, absolutely. It's, it's unprecedented times for them as well. So yeah, for sure. And they're doing what they can as best as they know how in the moment. And yeah, yeah. Absolutely. And the next morning, the same daughter had an issue because her mask wasn't fitting above her ears correctly, and that was a meltdown also. So it, it is. It's all a new set of things that yes. we've got to deal with. And um, now parents become teachers for mm-hmm. three days a week, and, uh, you know, we just take day by day and do the best we can. Yeah. And so one of the things, you know, that I, I think about is just we all need to recognize that it's a different stress that we're experiencing, and what are we doing to support ourselves if that's, you know, getting outside to go for a walk and get some fresh air and some sun, taking some deep breaths, doing yoga. Um, You know, it's funny because people don't always think about meditation yoga for kids, but when you introduce some kids to it, they love it. Yeah, my kids love meditation. (laughs) They love it. Yeah, and uh, yoga can be fun, you know, for the whole family to just kind of challenge each other. You're laughing because you're falling over the first time. So, you know, there's healing in that too. (laughs) There is, there is, and it's good family time. Absolutely, I would agree. I guess um, I didn't really think about it from that standpoint. You know, for me, I um, increased their my kids' vitamin D a little bit, and obviously they're in good multivitamins and good probiotics, and um, you know we execute hand washing and all that kind of stuff. But right. then you kind of just 
let them go and right and, and you know I look at the immune system in so many different facets and like you said you know we can we can support our immune systems nutritionally supplements can play a big role you mentioned vitamin D and um, you know even healthy fats like omega-3 fatty acids play a role in a good immune system probiotics are critical um, but I also like to look at you know the big picture of like lifestyle. How is that supporting the immune system? Sure. Are they getting enough sleep? Is it quality sleep? That sleep kind of thing is huge. In fact, as I came uh, to meet with you today, I mentioned to my son that I was doing this podcast with you, and he's nine. And so he said, "Oh, what's it about?" And I said, well, "I think we're going to talk about back to school and how to stay healthy and things like that." And he said, "Okay, so you're going to basically tell the kids." Pack less cookies in your lunchbox and make sure you sleep enough. And I laugh because those are the things we've been talking about. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yep, that's absolutely right. He's he's not the best at sleeping. Um, He loves to read. So if I say, okay, bedtime is now, guaranteed for another hour, hour and a half, he's still going to be reading. My oldest is just like that. She'll smuggle a book under her pillow. And when she thinks everybody's sleeping, she wakes up and reads, Mm -hmm. which is fantastic. Except you need to sleep, and she's the one that is a bear if she does not get enough sleep. Yeah, so that's something that we learned over the summer. I couldn't understand why he was kind of groggy in the morning. And I said, what time did you go to sleep? He's like, oh, I finished the, you know, Harry Potter's the sixth book last night. I'm like, you had two, three hundred pages left. He's like, yeah, I was up to like three. (laughs) (laughs) You don't know whether to be proud or angry. I know, and here I am sleeping. You know, I didn't even know. And so we've been working on getting enough sleep, which is critical for your immune system. So school-age kids, as I explained to him, minimum of nine hours of sleep but really 10 or 11 is what most kids need yeah and he's like that's too much I'm like no it's not <laughs> to them it is to us it's not and I feel bad too because um you know I'll get home at six and my kids go to bed at eight mm-hmm. and it's like all right we gotta hurry up we got two hours it's crunch time we gotta go right. and then with them only going to school today's a week it's hard too because I'm tempted to be like oh you can go to bed at nine but then it messes them up for the rest of the week they're so sure. sensitive yeah. um yeah yeah. So sleep and, you know, not not packing too much sugar in your lunchbox. He's very much aware of that. We've, we've always worked on healthy eating, you know. Um, but that's something that school lunches can be very different than home lunches. And so even a family who's, like, really mindful of healthy eating at home, when you're packing that school lunch can be a challenge. You know, I know my son, for some reason, was just mesmerized by the idea of Lunchables because he saw all the other kids with Lunchables yes. and you know somehow felt like he was missing out because he didn't have a Lunchable <laughs> and so I, you know, we had to talk about what part of the Lunchable is really intriguing to you yeah and, and he, how can we incorporate that right and, and so one was um, the Kool-Aid he'd never had it I said so you're, you're going to be disappointed it's not really good you know um uh, it's full of red dye and all sorts of you know just stuff that we don't want to give our bodies you know and but he was just really intrigued by it so I decided okay I'm gonna let him try it I mean one time's not gonna kill him right and he realized oh yeah I don't really like that yeah and so I was like okay what part do you like so we made our own lunch bowl we got like a 
you know, it can do that have little sections in it that's reusable because we're kind of eco-friendly too. That's what I do. I know. found a nice containers that have three sections. Yep. And, yep. and we kind of make our own homemade lunch bowl and we put food in it that we actually like the taste of. It's not cardboardy, you know. And yeah. My kids got, um, they got kind of picked on a little bit last year because they started... I always was a little, I've been more and more mindful in degrees since all this has started with the store and learning. And um, I was the person that would send a lunch bowl. Mm -hmm. Then I went and I had lunch with my daughter one day and the child across the table from me got out his lunch and it was a packed lunch and he got out a Lunchable that was a pizza Lunchable. He got out a Fago grape soda, a bag of Doritos, Mm -hmm. a fruit roll up and a Swiss cake roll. And I just sat there. And I was like, no. Yeah. Like, no. And then I looked at my kids, and I was like, so we switched. Um, My kids were getting sick and tired of sandwiches. They were getting sick and tired of homemade Lunchables, like we would do uh, the pizza thing, Mm -hmm. but we'd do it homemade, that kind of stuff. So they ended up switching to salads, and they're still on this huge salad kick where they take their own salad, and they eat it with balsamic vinaigrette. Mm -hmm. And the other kids are like, what are you eating? Right. And they're like, oh, it's good. You gotta try it. It's got feta. And they're like, what's feta? <laughs> well, that's great, though. <laughs> yeah. So it's just interesting so the way we change. Your kids and our son, they would eat at lunch together and be totally pleased with a Because one of his favorite thing, his favorite meal, hands down, is taco salad. Oh, mine too. Like, yep. hands down. If he's like, what, what do you want for dinner? Taco salad. You know, yep. Like, uh, which is great because, you know, you put some chicken in there and yeah. everything else is just avocado. and Yeah, there's so much you can do with it. <laughs> so, yeah, so uh, it's great to, you know, like you said, though, kids do get sick of the same thing. Mm-hmm. And just like we would get sick of the same thing. So finding healthy options that are quick. And, and the convenience is a big thing because um, so I'm so happy I've, gotten to that point where our kids make their own lunches. Right? Oh, that's awesome, yeah. Um, but you also have to kind of have accessible food for them to make their own lunch because otherwise they want to grab all those packaged things like the fruit roll-up and the, yep. you know, everything you were describing because it's quick and easy to put in. So, uh, you know, with my schedule, I was not that good at, at prepping food and meal prep and that sort of thing. I'm still not, to be completely honest. But when I get home from the grocery store, that's when I'll, you know, I'll chop up the celery, I'll get the carrots ready, I'll wash the fruit and get it in a bowl because if I portion it or prep it or whatever, they're so much more likely going to eat it. Yep. You know, so that's a big part of what I've started to do too to make it more accessible. Yeah, and I would agree. It is nice. My oldest is now where she will, she's, she's going to be 10 and she'll cook. Um, like eggs, scrambled eggs, and uh, she's not afraid to use a sharp knife under supervision and, mm-hmm. you know, um, cut up different things, and so it is nice when they get old enough, yeah. and you get to teach them those skills, and right. the skills they have for life, so mm-hmm. it's definitely good. Yeah, that first time when the sharp knife does a little nerve-wracking. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, I'm still nervous um, more because I'm like, get your fingers out of the way, but... yeah. It's all a lesson, you know. Take a breath. Yep. <laughs> I think me and her are both like. <sighs> For sure. But, yeah. you know, and, and so these, like you said, it's life lessons. And that's mm-hmm. really, you know, when I when I um, have kids, you know, I work a lot with babies, but then I have a lot of school-age kids too. And part of, I think, what my responsibility is, is not just to adjust them as their chiropractor, but also to teach them about health and give them some life skills, right? Mm-hmm. So that, you know, as they become adolescents and they get to choose what they eat. Um, that they're making those good choices. Yeah. You know? And I love that when I um, I had a patient, not, not maybe two, three weeks ago, she was a new patient, and we had some conversation, and 
she's, you know, admitted she doesn't eat vegetables. She doesn't like them. You know, she just doesn't, period. And I kind of gently talked to her about, well, could you find a vegetable that she might try this week, you know? And we talked about sleep, and we talked about screen time, and we talked about just those overall healthy habits that preteens and teens, you know, they've got to make those choices. Mm -hmm. And she came back uh, for a follow-up appointment, and she was so proud to report that she'd eaten some vegetables. She didn't like them, but she'd tried them. And she put some timer on some of the apps, so she was taking breaks from her screen, and she, you know, reported all these awesome changes. Yeah. I was just, I was impressed. Yeah. I mean, she was a pretty awesome kid. Yeah. Um, but she's taking control of it. So it's we good to empower kids to make those choices. Absolutely. I know for my kids, um, if we ever go to, like, say, Meyer or something, we have a game we play where we go find an exotic fruit we've never tried before, and we take it home and we try it. Yeah. And it's a family thing, and we somebody likes it, somebody doesn't. Yeah. But it's really, it's just fun because, you know, like, say, well, I've had ugly fruit. I've had that weird melon. I don't even know what it was called. The, 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 the jackfruit. And yeah, the, all and that the, kind all of stuff. Things. And sometimes they find something they really love. Sure. And it's then so I'm always looking at it going, okay, so how do I cut or peel this? <laughs> I'm gonna have to I'm gonna have to YouTube this to figure out how to do it, but right. we'll do it. And is it right? I'm not sure what this is supposed to be. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's so much into that, but also I guess to wrap up the whole food thing for me, sitting across the table from that little boy with the lunch, I thought exactly what you touched on. He did that himself. Mm-hmm. Like, he was six or seven. Yep. And he had to throw his lunch together in the morning, and that's what he chose to grab. And, mm-hmm. I mean, I guess it was good that he had food there, but, um, you know, you feel for him a little bit, too, because that's that's his selection. Yeah. Well, it's, it, he made his lunch. He did. Yeah. <laughs> so that's good for him. That's empowering. <laughs> um, we did touch on a little bit. Uh, let's go back a little bit, because I think this is one that gets missed for adults and for kids, and that's omegas yeah. and how important they are. Right. Yeah, omega threes are. <laughs> we could have a whole podcast on omega threes, probably. But and maybe we will someday. <laughs> <laughs> but they are their um, those healthy fats are something that I think get overlooked in the immune system conversation. But they play such a role in cell health, and obviously the immune system relies on healthy cells. And so, um, yeah, healthy fat balance, and obviously omega threes you can get from fish oil, you can get it from supplements. But you can also get some from your diet if we're eating, you know, good fish sources and omegas are in avocado and mm-hmm. nuts and, you know, like different things like that. So it doesn't have to necessarily be just from a, a supplement, but I think most of us don't get enough from our diet. So a lot of times I recommend a supplement. And there's some good supplements out there too. Absolutely. Just, yeah, something to cater to everybody really. Absolutely. And it's a great way to kind of balance it out because... When you get into the, the fat balance in most of us in our diets, we're doing a lot of fried foods and the unhealthy fats, and so you really need to up the healthy fats to counteract that. So yeah. Yeah, if your kids are eating chicken nuggets and french fries on a regular basis, you probably need some omega-3s. <laughs> yeah, and I think that's another thing, too, is to be brutally honest um, with our kids' diets. Like, I have one kid that eats really well, and I have another kid that she'll eat fruit and vegetables all day she doesn't care for meat but she likes candy and cupcakes like crazy too Mm -hmm. so it's you know fine making sure that they're supplemented too if there's something there that there's a gap in right like that and like you said it's it's being honest sometimes with ourselves yeah you know it's like you prepare something you put on the table but did it actually get into their mouth (laughs) so yeah yeah for sure but yeah and i think supplements can be a good way to kind of bridge the gap you know for Mm -hmm. picky eaters and support us 
know, through these extra health well, challenges. And more and more, we learn so much of um, depletion sometimes in some of the kids that maybe have behavioral issues or medical issues. Yes. And that's a whole other podcast also. Yeah. Um, we've really been diving, and we do a lot with brain balance down the road. Mm-hmm. And um, we do a lot with them, and you know, we've been looking into magnesium and yes. omegas and all of all sorts of different things that can make a huge impact in these kids that maybe either have a hard time in school or focusing right. and things. So. And yeah, absolutely. For kids who have challenges, ADHD, or even kids who are on the autism spectrum, like omega-3s and magnesium and so many things, we see that help. Yeah. Yeah. I guess the moral of the story is if you're one of those patient, people out there that has a child with that, you know, um, reach out reach out to us here and we can get you in contact with Dr. O'Neill. We can get you in contact with somebody. Um, there's lots of options out there of people that are willing to sit down and discuss options with you. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Is there anything else you wanted to go over? Well, Dennis, I feel like we could chat forever. We could, and I like it because now we know. We can pick different topics and just um, go from there. Yeah, no, it's it's great. And, uh, yeah, I hope we get to. I, I love... Uh, talking about these sorts of things and, and making sure that families kind of know what options are out there for them. So. Yeah. So let's give people a little bit of an idea where to find you um, if they're looking for you. So Dr. O'Neill is, like I said, she is with Wolf Family Chiropractic out of Metamora. Um, I do not have their info on me right now, but I will put it in the comments of the podcast. So if you want to reach out to them, you're welcome to do so. And you're also always welcome to reach out to us and we can get you in contact with them too. Great. So thanks for coming. I appreciate it. It was good stuff. Thank you.